Good morning, and thank you for being with us. I pray that this will be a meaningful time that you will be able to hear a timely and encouraging word from God. So let me start right here on Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. Many people feel restless and dissatisfied, in, and we have to wonder why. They wonder even uh, with questions like this. If I am in God's will, why am I so tired and unfulfilled? What is the meaning of life? When I look back, will I be happy with my accomplishments? Do I, why do I feel burnt out and disappointed, even dried? What is to become of me? The teacher Solomon is testing our faith, is challenging and finding the true and lasting meaning in God alone. In our lives. Pastor Vidalis mentioned uh, something in last week that kind of stuck in my head. And she said, uh, we turn to the Word of God in search of three things. Perspective, understanding, and hope. Let me say that again. We go back to the Word of God in search of perspective, understanding, and hope. This is the time that we desperately need all three. So, here is how we will set our perspective right from the beginning. Psalms 22, 28 says, For dominion belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations. Psalm 183, 19 says, The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rule over all. Psalm 33, verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. This is why the lyrics of the hymn we sang earlier make so much sense for us today. My hope is built in nothing less than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Again, perspective hope, and understanding. I have entitled this message, Resident Alien. Do you remember when, when these cards, uh, uh, people who are resident from this country used to say Resident Alien? Or I remember also a book that I read when I started sem my seminary experience that it was called um, Resident Alien. And the reason I remember that is, again, when we look for that perspective from the word, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, my friends, we are foreigners in this land. This morning I want to share with you all a portion of the Bible from the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. This chapter contains several letters, but from verse 1 to 14, it starts the first letter that Jeremiah sent with only one purpose, to reassure that God has not abandoned their people, that he has not forgotten of the purpose that he had for them. 
But before I go there, give, let me give you a little context on verse 1, 2, and 3 so that we can have the right perspective of what is going on. This is the second largest book in the Bible next to the book of Psalms. It is the only book in the Old Testament that provides details of its origin, meaning a historical background very, uh, very well detailed. This book in Jeremiah, although he's constantly pro proclaiming God's judgment for Judah and Jerusalem, is also a prophetic book of hope. Jeremiah became a prophet during uh, the reign of King Josiah uh, between the year 640 to year 609 uh, B.C. This is important because Josiah was the last king to be faithful to the Word of God. To the last king to, to wanting to desire to do God's will. Like I said, this is important because this is all a political shifting world at that time. Assyria is the dominant world power who is being constantly challenged by the Egyptians and Babylon, who at the end was overthrown by Babylon in the year 609, the same year that King Josiah was killed quickly uh, overthrown by a king named Jehoiahaz that was quickly replaced by King Jehoiakim in that year 609, who remained in power only by shifting his allegiance from the Assyrians, from the Egyptians, to the Babylonians. Why am I giving you all this information? That year, the 609, was the first year when the first exiles were taken to Babylon, when De Daniel and his friends came as, as the exiled. You remember that in the book of Daniel. All these details are important for us to have a perspective of how difficult time was this. Does it sound familiar to our own time? Therefore, like I said, this letter uh, from Jeremiah, it's, it's uh, an encouraging for the people that is in the exile in Babylon. In his letter, his aim is to instruct, is to encourage the people how to behave in this new land. This took some life adjustments. They were, they were governed by different laws of clean and uncleanness things. But the Jewish people will have a difficult time adjusting to live in a pagan society. Jeremiah intended then to provide insight regarding how, again, like I said, to behave in, in the middle of a, an idolatrous Babylon, an idolatrous society. He wanted them to be good Jews, although they were separated from their temple where they could uh, conduct their proper worship. And he did that thinking in needs of at least three kind of people. Those who were with no hope, those who have false hopes, and those who have true hope. So let me read the text on verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, said to all those I carry into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. 
Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you will prosper. So think about it. Number one, these exiles had lost everything they have. The only thing that they could still cling to was their lives. Their few possessions that they carry into Babylon. They had lost their freedom and now they were captive. They have been taken away from their homes, their friends, their means of making uh, a living. They were separated from their relatives and friends and some of them have even perished in their long journey to Babylon. No matter how you look at it, this situation seems hopeless. Hopelessness today looks exactly the same. We feel that the only thing we can cling to is our lives. We may have freedom and yet we feel trapped, unable to make a living. We feel isolated. How do we should handle such a depressing situation? Based on verse 4, the way that we handle this is accept the will of God. Accept what it comes from God's hand. See, if you recall what it says on the text, God himself accepts that he himself has taken these people into exile. It doesn't do us any good to be mad and weep. Although that may be a temporarily a normal reaction to tragedy, this may even sound hard for some to hear. God is a sovereign God. One of the first steps to turning tragedy into victory is to accept the situation courageously and put ourselves in God's hand who makes no mistakes, who is a loving God, who is a loving Father. By doing that, they and us and we are able to move forward with our lives. So that's how we get perspective from despair. Let's continue to read verse 8. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So this is how he deals with those who have false hopes. The false prophets have convinced the people that their staying in Babylon was going to be a short time. They even address how many years. Thus, there were no need for settle down and try to resume a normal life. But Jeremiah had told exactly the opposite in his letter. Since they will be there for a long time, they have plenty of time to rebuild houses, to rebuild their families. Although they were in exile, they were to continue to grow as a family, to give their families in marriage, and continue to multiply as a nation. It wouldn't have been easy for the Jews to live their lives in constant um, aggression and battle. But Jeremiah instructed them to strive to get along with the Babylonians. The exiles 
were to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. And they were to pray sincerely for their enemies. Remember Matthew 5, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It is hard to hate somebody that you are praying for. It was possible to be a good Jew in a pagan society. I hope that you are hearing the resembling call to action for us today in this moment. Now hear me out very, very um, attentive to what I'm going to say. To indulge in false hope is to miss what God has planned for us. Let me repeat that. To indulge in false hope is to miss what God has planned for us. So remember, that's the way he gave hope to those who have no hope, those who have false hopes. And now let me uh, finish reading on verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carry you into exile. So here is what our true hope should lie, just like he did in that time. True hope is based in the revealed word of God. Not on dream messages, on self-appointed prophets. God gave his people a gracious promise to be delivered. He will keep his promise. God make his plans for his people, and they are good plans that ultimately will bring hope and peace. Therefore, there is no need to be afraid and discouraged. Did you hear what I said? God make his plans for his people, and they are good plans that at the end of the day will bring hope and peace. Therefore, there is no need to be afraid or discouraged. In every situation, however, God expects from His people the responsibility to take on, to seek the Lord, to pray and ask Him to fulfill His promises. The purpose of, of going through turmoil and trying times is so that we may seek the Lord, so that we can confess our sin and that we can be drawn to him. This is important. According to Jeremiah 29 14, these promises reach way beyond the Jews captive in Babylon. The Word of God, the revealed Word of God, and prayer go together.
We have the revelation of God through His Word. So we need to be invested in prayer. Difficult trying times are opportunities to pray earnestly for the fulfillment of God's plans for us. And I will finish with this as I started uh, earlier today. Psalms 33, 12. Bless is the nation whose God is the Lord. As I said, we have the Word of God. We have the knowledge needed to know and understand that our hope is in God. It's not in our circumstances, but we need to devote ourselves for a time of prayer. For that reason, this morning, I have invited pastors from our community to join us. So I will ask you, leave whatever you're doing right now and dedicate these few moments to pray with us. Almighty Father, we are living in a time like no other we have ever experienced. We are faced each day with health risks, political turmoil, social disconnectedness, and uncertainty about the future. The one constant that we can rely on right now is you. We are blessed to be living in a country where we have the freedom to worship you and participate in religious practices, regardless of our background, skin color, gender, orientation, or political affiliation. We are so thankful for the love and reassurance we can obtain through prayer and meditation. Although we may feel overcome by anxiety and fear, it is not our responsibility to carry that weight of uncertainty with us throughout our journey. We can find peace by expressing our concerns to you and leaving the heavy burden at the foot of the cross. As humans, we cannot fix the things that are out of our control. We must leave that job to you. Rather than staying focused on the negative events that are impacting us, help us find ways to create positive experiences for others. We can spread joy. We can encourage peace. We can express thanksgiving. Let us each take time this week to refocus and once again be your hands and feet in this world. We can reach out to a friend or family member to tell them how much they mean to us. We can make a pledge to only post positive comments and likes on social media. We can donate time and money to a local charity, including our church. We can write a thank you letter to someone who has helped us out during these difficult times. We can wave to our neighbors. We can be polite and helpful when interacting with people in our community. Lord, we are grateful that you are always with us, even in our darkest times. Help us recognize that it is your embrace that can soothe us and help us rest. It is your support that gives us strength to take on another day. It is your love that can fill us with joy and overflow from our lives to impact everyone around us. We ask for your guidance and blessings as we continue to follow the path 
to a life with you in everlasting peace. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come to your throne of grace where we can find your mercy and experience your amazing grace. Because of a pandemic and many other difficult circumstances, all of us throughout the world been going through difficult times and have been experiencing challenges. So Father, so we, I want to share the message of hope and the comforts. Father, because of your grace, we were able to survive these challenges. As we heard through your word, you allow us to go through tests and trials to purify us, to renew us, and to strengthen our faith. And God, I'm looking forward how you will strengthen and renew your people and your churches as we going through this difficult time. So Father, continue to pour out your Holy Spirit on all your pastors, church staff, and your people. They will continue to follow the guidance of your Holy Spirit. They will continue to pay attention to your word and obey your holy word with all of their heart, mind, and soul, and strength. But I'd like to ask you to especially to bless all the pastors who belong to First Church Coral Spring, all the staff, all the church members. And God, this is very special churches. Continue to provide all of their needs strengthen these, church, these churches so that through the prayer and the ministry of this wonderful church, many more souls will be saved and many people will become the disciple of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you and we love you. Help all of us to continue to work together in harmony because as you said, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for your glory. And we pray all this in the precious and mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Loving God, we are a nation divided. You call for unity. We are sin sick. You heal every kind of disease. We spread vitriol against the other. You taught us to love our enemy. We hurl insults at one another. You tell us kind words are like honey to the soul. We are a nation divided. You, you require peace with justice. We are a polarized people. We think that an earthly leader will save us yet you are the one who saves. We Christians are first citizens of heaven, 
You are Christ the King. We forget that you are Lord of everything. You are the Prince of Peace. And we ask you now to surround us with your peace, to give us your justice, to heal us into wholeness, to reign supreme. O God, we give to you our concerns, our burdens, and our fears. May the leader who is elected be about furthering your kingdom in this place and not a personal agenda. May we receive that leader with openness and to treat others with dignity and respect even if our leader is not chosen. Or on the other side of that, if our leader is chosen, help us to speak kindly and to not rub it in the faces of our neighbors and friends. Heal our divisiveness. Transform our hearts and minds into yours. May we come together under your leadership. Amen. Gracious God, we come to you this morning with our hearts filled, filled with, with gratitude for all that you have done for us, our hearts filled with gratitude for the blessings that you have given to us. Lord, we also come with hearts that are, are anxious because of the times in which we are living. Lord, we know that you have not abandoned us, and so we come fully and securely into your presence. We ask that you would continue to guide our thoughts, that you would continue to guide our actions, that we would continue to be a people of love and grace in a hurting world. Use us, dear God, as you see fit to be your hands and feet in this brokenness. Mend our own sadness, inflate our joys, and Lord, that we would be a people who continue to serve you in spite of the circumstances in which we find ourselves. We ask that you would continue to bless these, your people. We ask a blessing on the president, um, whoever that would turn out to be. Lord, we ask, O oh God, that you would guide him to lead these people to which he has been entrusted with dignity, with honor, with grace. Lord, we ask that all people would, would continue to trust you, that you are a God who is sovereign over all, and in spite of how we feel, that you continue to be God. You who are ever more willing to hear than we are to pray, we cry out to you this morning, and we ask that you would soften our hearts, change our thoughts, to be a people focused and centered on living a life in you. Bless us now, Lord Jesus. We pray this prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we pray for our community that's dealing with a, a physical storm of, of this election process. 
And God, we pray, God, for in the midst of chaos, in the midst of recounts, in the midst of court hearings, and even case that might go before the Supreme Court, we pray, God, for peace. We pray for patience. And we pray, God, that that every person that voted, that, that voted um, and desires their vote to be counted, that, that their voice will be heard. God, we pray for our elected officials. We pray for President Trump. We pray for our vice president. We pray for all of our elected officials. We pray for former Vice President Biden um, and his whole campaign. And pray, God, that whatever happens, you will help us to move forward as your people. God, we pray for the storm that we're facing right now in our communities of racial injustice. We pray, God, for ways that we are called to come together during this time, to to unify together during this time, God. We pray for um, the ability to reach out to brothers and sisters that might not look like us. And God, take time to listen and take time to get to know people in new ways, and God, help us not to be divided by skin color or, or other labels like Republican or Democrat, but God, during this time when there's so much division, help us to come together as your people, reaching out to people that are not like us and getting to know one another as a son or daughter, as a brother or sister in Jesus Christ. God, pour down your Holy Spirit upon the church right now, all of our churches. Thank you, God, for this beautiful church in Coral Springs. Thank you, God, for the churches um, in our district, of the Southeast District. I thank you, God, for the church that I have the privilege of serving. God, as the church, help us to be united. We know we're never going to be united about our political beliefs or labels, but, God, we are united in one thing that matters significantly in our world today, and that is you. God, pour down your Holy Spirit upon your church. Help us to be your witness in our world today. Help us to share boldly and courageously the love and the mercy and the justice that's found in the relationship with Jesus Christ. God, pour down your Holy Spirit upon your church and allow us as people that seek to follow you to be salt and light in our world today. In the powerful and risen name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people together said, Amen. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Go in peace and to love and serve the world. Amen.